a big hello and warm welcome to the third episode of Maths Fun with Vivek. I would again like to thank all the listeners for the response and messages which are flowing in with words of encouragement, suggestions and questions. I would like to pick one of the mails. This is from Master Nirmol Singh from Delhi. He studies in class 11th in APJ school and writes that he will be 16 years on 8th of October. Well, it's already past 8, so a very happy birthday to you, Nirmol. I wish you good health and all the success in your life. His question is, why am I talking about mathematics using an audio format instead of videos or written format as most of the other people do? Well, this is an excellent question from someone that young and I'm sure many other people must be thinking about it. Learning mathematics without visual assistance is a little unusual. Well, there are two reasons for that. One is of course the fact that today podcast is fastest growing channel to reach audience as many people today like to do two tasks at the same time. Unlike an article or a video, a podcast can be listened while you are on your morning walk or driving. The second reason and the more important reason is that personally I have found thinking about mathematics without any visuals lot more stimulating. Most of my mathematical ideas also come when I am walking or doing something else. In absence of a visual, your mind makes an image and that image lasts a lot longer with you. There is a scientific reason also for that. Our brain has two hemispheres, left and right. Research has shown that the left side of the brain is used more when we deal with logic, computation, analysis, sequencing, facts and traditional way of doing mathematics. But the right side of the brain is used more for imagination, intuition, visualization, creativity, these kind of things. And in my opinion, a good mathematician needs both logic and imagination. And therefore, alternate ways of learning mathematics can be a good way to stimulate and use both sides of the brain. I also recommend young children to learn Vedic Mathematics, Abacus for the same reason. I would also like to advise young mathematics students to avoid memorizing formulas and try to solve the problems using multiple methods, not just one method. So these are the two reasons I have chosen podcast as a medium to make mathematics a little more fun, a little different than conventional methods. I have also received few mails from some parents appreciating the shortcuts for calculations and the inspiring story of Dattatre Ramachandra Kaparekar, the school teacher from Nashik, who made a significant contribution to recreational mathematics. Thank you very much. So why don't we start with another story today? Once upon a time, well about 250 years back, there lived a small boy in Germany. He had a remarkable talent for two things, mischief and mathematics. One day, his teacher asked the class to add all the numbers from 1 to 100 to keep them busy while she attended to her work. But this boy, all of 8 years old, stood up almost immediately and replied that he had added the numbers and answer is 5050, 5050. The teacher was shocked and asked him, how did he manage to add all the numbers so quickly? Boy responded with his logic that he added first number 1 with last number 100 
second number 2 with the second last number 99 and so on. So each of these pairs added up to the same number 101. And since there are 50 such pairs, therefore the answer is 101 multiplied by 50 that is 5050. Well, we do not know for sure if the story is correct or just another legend about this great mathematician. Our little boy Goss grew up to become one of the greatest mathematicians of all time and made huge contribution to number theory, geometry, astronomy, the theory of functions and even electromagnetism. But let me take you back to the story now. Numbers 1 to 100 are in a sequence and have a pattern. The difference between any two consecutive numbers is same, 1 in this case. Such sequence of numbers are called arithmetic progression. Let us look at some other examples of arithmetic progressions. How about well, 2, 7, 12, 17, 22. The difference between any two consecutive numbers is 5 and therefore this is also an arithmetic progression. How about you trying this time? You have 5 seconds to figure out if this sequence is an arithmetic progression or not. 75, 66, 57, 48, 39, your time starts now. So what is your answer? If you said yes, then you got it right. The difference between any two consecutive numbers is again same, minus 9 in this case. And so this is also an arithmetic progression. Let us give a name to this difference between two consecutive numbers. Since it is common for any two consecutive numbers, we can call it common difference. So the second term in this sequence is first term plus common difference. The third term is second term plus common difference. But you see the second term is first term plus common difference. So we can also say that the third term is first term plus two times of common difference. By same logic, the fourth term will be first term plus three times of common difference. Extending this logic further, the tenth term in the sequence will be equal to first term plus nine times of common difference. The hundredth term will be first term plus 99 times of common difference. Let us take an example. The first term of an arithmetic series is 5 and the common difference is 4. Let us find out the value of 21st term in this sequence. As we learnt earlier, the 21st term will be first term plus 20 times of common difference. So we add 5 and 20 times of 4 and get 85 as an answer. So that was simple. Let us now look at another scenario. When we know any two terms of the sequence, when I say know the term or terms, I mean we know their values along with their places in the sequence. Let us take an example. Suppose the fifth term of an arithmetic progression is 12 and eighth term is 21 and we need to find out the values of the first and 50th term. Interesting. How will we go about solving it? Let us see. See the 8th term is nothing but 5th term plus 3 times of common difference. Since the total difference between the 5th and 8th term is 9, that is 21 minus 12, the common difference is 9 divided by 3, 
and that is 3. So what will be the first term? Well, we know that the fifth term is equal to first term plus 4 times of common difference. So first term is fifth term that is 12 minus 4 times of common difference which is 3. So that is 12 minus 4 into 3. 12 minus 12 that is 0. So first term is 0. How about 50th term? Well, that is first term plus 49 times of common difference. So that is 0 plus 49 multiplied by 3. That will be 147. We could also find out the same 50th term by adding 45 times of common difference to the 5th term. Because 5th term was 1st term plus 4 times of common difference. Now, that will be 12, which is the 5th term, plus 45 times of 3, that is the common difference. So, that is 12 plus 135 and that also gives us 147. So, now we know how to calculate the value of any term in arithmetic progression if we know either the two terms or one term and common difference. Let us see if you understood this part well. Here is a question for you. In an arithmetic progression, value of fourth term is 1000 and 14th term is 500. What is the value of 20th term? You have 5 seconds to figure it out. Did you get the answer as 200? If yes, then great. You have understood this part well. If not, no problem. Try to understand it one more time. You see, the difference between the fourth term and the fourteenth term is 10 times of common difference. And the difference is minus 500 as values are decreasing. So, common difference will be minus 500 divided by 10. That gives us minus 50. Now, twentieth term can be computed by adding six times of common difference to 14th term which is 500. So 500 plus 6 times of minus 50 is 100 and that's our answer. Great. Now let us come back to the beginning of the story. How young Goss added all the numbers from 1 to 100 by making 50 pairs of same value. This was indeed a very ingenious method. Let us explore it little more. What will be the sum of all odd numbers between 1 and 100? Well, that is simple. There are 50 odd numbers between 1 and 100 starting with 1 and ending with 99. So, we can add 1 with 99, 3 with 97, 5 with 95. The sum of each pair is 100 and there are 25 such pairs. So, sum of all odd numbers will be 25 into 100. That is 2500. Similarly, sum of all even numbers can be computed as 2550. And naturally, these two sums add up to 5050, which is the sum of all numbers from 1 to 100. Sounds easy, right? But what if the total number of terms are odd and you cannot make pairs? Let us take an example. What will be the sum of all numbers from 1 to 99? How will you solve this? Well, one technique is to add one term either at the beginning or at the end to make the number of terms even. And we can then subtract the value of this extra term which we have added. So, if we add at the end, we will add 100 to sequence and calculate the sum as 5050 just as the little Gauss did and then deduct the value of extra term which is 100 in this case and we get the answer as 4950. If we add the extra term at the beginning of sequence, 
that is before 1, then the value of extra term will be 0. So we add 0 with 99, 1 with 98 and so on and still get 50 pairs with a value of 99 each. Therefore, the sum will be 50 multiplied by 99 that gives us again 4950. We could also solve it by pairing 1 with 99, 2 with 98, 3 with 97 and so on. The last pair will be 49 and 51. So we get 49 such pairs. Yeah, but what happened? The number 50 got left out because the total terms were odd and there was no number available to pair it with. So we keep this 50 aside. Yeah, so we got 49 pairs. The value of each pair is 100. So that gives us 4900 and we have that left out number 50. So we add it to the sum and we get the sum of the sequence as 4950. There is one more method to add the numbers in an arithmetic progression. You know, we can reverse the sequence and add to the previous sequence. Let us take the same example. The sum of all numbers, let us suppose is S and S is 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 till 100. Yeah, but we could also say that S is 100 plus 99 plus 98 plus 97 till 1. Now what happens if we add these two sequences? Yeah, we will get 101 plus 101 plus 101 100 times. But since we have added the sequence two times, we need to divide it by 2. And therefore, the answer is 101 into 50, that is 5050. So you see, there are so many ways to add the given number of terms in an arithmetic progression. So why mug up a formula? I can guarantee you that if you do mathematics by memorizing formulas, you will forget it in just few years. But if you understand the underlying concepts, and properties and try such basic methods in your mind, you will not only find mathematics more fun, but also these learning will stay with you for life. I hope you enjoyed today's talk on arithmetic progression. In the second episode, I had asked a question. It was that if some of the digits of a number is divisible by 27, then is the whole number also divisible by 27? just like the divisibility rules for 3 and 9. The best response I received is from Prakhar Gupta from Chandigarh. Prakhar is an engineering student with Punjab Engineering College and he writes that this rule does not hold for 27 and gives the example of number 1899 that is 1899 for which sum of digits is 1 plus 8 plus 9 plus 9, that is 27, which is of course divisible by 27, but the number 1899 itself is not divisible by 27. After dividing it by 9, we get 211, a number that is not divisible by 3, and therefore 1899 is not divisible by 27. He also writes that even reverse is not true. Meaning that if a number is divisible by 27, then it is not necessary that the sum of its digit will also be divisible by 27. And here he gives a very good example, that is the number 27 itself. The number is divisible by 27, but sum of its digits is only 9 and therefore not divisible by 27. Well done Prakhar, thanks for writing in.
do share my podcast with your friends in your engineering college i hope they also enjoy mathematics just as you do now before i sign off it's time for the puzzle of this week we know that wimbledon is played in a knockout format and the number of players are usually 128 so 64 players will reach the second round 32 players will reach the third round and so on now sometimes if one or two players are not available then a bye is given to the opponent instead of holding a match now my question is that if there are 1000 players in such a knockout format what is the total number of matches required in the tournament you can send your answers by email to me on mathisfunpodcast@gmail.com that is m a t h i s f u n p o d c a s t at @gmail.com the best answer will get a mention in my next episode once again thank you for tuning in if you like math is fun podcast then subscribe it on your favorite app and share it with your friends family colleagues and classmates remember fun is multiplied and not divided when we share it with others i will see you again next weekend till then enjoy your math and have a great week ahead bye bye Thank you.